What's up, y'all? I got a dance deal for you, Chicago. Hubbard Street Dance heats up the Harris Theater stage with its spring series of joy next week. Now, this is some of the most dynamic, cutting-edge contemporary dance made by the world's leading choreographers right here in Chicago. I'm excited for Echoes of Our Ancestors by Maria Torres, among other creators. But you can only catch it for three performances between May 17th and May 19th. Luckily, CityCast Chicago listeners can get tickets in any section for 20% off using code CityCast online or over the phone. Visit HubbardStreetDance.com for details and use code CityCast. Today on CityCast Chicago, chaos and confusion as city council distracted from the fact that they actually got some big things done this week. Plus, the Cubs hire a new manager and the Christmas trees, whoo, they are coming. I'm with the Daily Line's Aaron Hegarty and Axios Chicago's Justin Kaufman to make sense of it all. It's Friday, November 10th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is what Chicago's talking about. Morning, Aaron. Good morning. Happy to have you here. Morning, Justin. How you feeling? I'm good, man. Thank you for having me. Hey, we got a lot of things to talk about. Somehow, the the drama and the as well as the deliverables from city council this week overshadowed how we started talking about one of the biggest corruption trials. Uh, so we're gonna get into all things city council. But before, obviously, we're in the season of Thanksgiving. But before we're sitting down this huge table with our family and decades worth of drama all sort of bottled up in every inside of everybody at the kitchen table, usually there's a more relaxed Friendsgiving where we get our chosen family together, typically in like a potluck fashion. Uh, I'm currently gathering money for my friends to do the majority of the cooking. Uh, Justin, I'm going to start with you. Uh, do you have a Friendsgiving planned? And if so, what do you bring to the table? No, my brother is doing Thanksgiving, which is totally awesome. I mean, that's that's he lives in Chicago, which is super nice. Uh, if I were bringing though to the friends, I would bring cheesy potatoes. Okay, like I you got your own like little recipe. Yeah, it's like a hash brown orida, cheesy, cheesy, cheesy. <laughs> hey man, it, come on, it, it's it's not a a festive meal. You ain't got some form of potato, one of the most versatile uh, food items we got. I mean, you throw some cheese on it, you, you, you can't go wrong. I'm, I'm getting to that age where I got to watch when and, and where I had a cheese, but I, I haven't accepted it yet. Just, I haven't just, accepted just it. don't eat cheese for like a month and then show <laughs> up and have cheese, my cheesy potatoes, and then you're fine. <laughs> Aaron, what about you? Uh, you got a Friendsgiving coming up, and if so, what you, what you planning on bringing? Yeah, I like to make sure that we all have snacks beforehand because I feel like sometimes, like always the dinner takes longer to cook than expected. And so mm -hmm. I like to bring a good like spinach artichoke dip that can be warmed up, some chips, um, some veggies, just because I feel like everything is so heavy. You get the cheese and the potatoes and stuff, just like some veggies to nibble on and just like a good bottle of wine. And I'm, I feel like I've fulfilled my duty. <laughs> I respect that. I respect that. Uh, I, I I love the fact that you're not just thinking sort of big picture, what's on the table, what's the dish, but you're also thinking practical. Like, what's going to get people through this, right? What I'm bringing, even though this year I'm doing a lot of the cooking with my homie, um, if I was doing just a potluck situation, I'm probably going to lean into my sweet potatoes. I just think it's hard to get them wrong. If you don't like how sweet I make them, th then that's fine. Now it's a pie. 
right? And if they if they're your perfect, then they're then they yams, then they sweet potatoes. So <laughs> Are you sweet, sweet potatoes like is my go-to. Marshmallows on top, and oh, I haven't done the marshmallow side. Is that something I need to go on and try? I feel like I've seen or eaten a sweet potato dish with marshmallows or marshmallow like adjacent uh-huh. something <laughs> on top. I might need to try that for my actual like sort of uh, sweet potato dishes. I- I'm-, I'm thinking about doing some uh, small individual sweet potatoes for people. So I might have to do that as one of my uh, one of my renditions, one of my one of my styles of sweet potato. Jacoby, when when this is over, I'll I'll, I'll get you. I'll CC <laughs> you with my Aunt Jeannie about the marshmallows and then it'll be all good. As I alluded to earlier, we had a busy week in Chicago, especially down uh, at the city council and city hall. Obviously, they got some huge things passed this week, which we're going to get into. But unfortunately, we got to start with the drama. Justin, since Monday, so much has gone on with our alders. Can you catch our listeners up? Yeah, I mean, we, we have officially entered the chaos era of city council. If you're if you're a historian, uh, what a what a week! And you know what what was a really tense and contentious debate that turned into a, uh, a I mean, a really razor thin win for the mayor. It wasn't about policy or about the future of the city. It was about punishing a colleague, uh, Alderman Ramirez Rosa, the floor leader of city council. Uh, was accused of of bullying tactics, essentially both verbal and physical, uh, in the Sanctuary City debate from the week before. He was accused of telling people in the zoning committee, "Hey, if you don't, if you if if you go in and vote against the Sanctuary City stuff, I'm I'm gonna." You ain't working with me. I ain't working with you. He physically stopped one of the alderman alderman Mitts from the West Side from actually getting <laughs> into the chambers, uh, and so the council, the, you know, it started the meeting started. And Aaron knows this. I mean, it's, the meeting started with a. You know, all sorts of apologies and hugs and tears and, and felt like maybe it was time to move on. But at the end of the meeting, the older person from Bucktown, uh, Wagaspak, decided he wanted to censure mm-hmm. uh, Ramirez Rosa, which led to another couple hours of debate. And it turned into what was just a chaotic experience of 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 overruling the mayor on technicalities and and then uh, a vote that went down to the wire where the mayor himself was the one who had to cast the, the vote to not censure Ramirez Rosa. And then on top of it, Emma Mitz, who was the, the person this was all about, voted, uh, against, voted it. against censuring mm-hmm. him. It was, it was, I understand the concept of decorum and, and this concept of discipline, the concept, all, everything that goes along with sort of the idea of having transparent government. But it did seem like a, a colossal waste of time and more about the personalities in the room. A lot of political theater. And less about the future of the city of Chicago. And, you know, to, to watch it was really hard to watch because you, there was a lot of grandstanding and a lot of people that seemed to be propping themselves up on the shoulders of others to say, you know what, I'm going to take this opportunity because I know everybody's watching. I mean, the political theater that started even last week during this tense meeting, because, of course, the conversation about whether or not Chicago should be a sanctuary city has sort of gotten bastardized over the last few weeks as the the true intent of a sanctuary city. It has more to do with, um, you know, how do we go about um, engaging undocumented immigrants, right? Not uh, participating with law enforcement and things like that. And that sort of gotten dragged into this conversation about how do we provide for the asylum seekers in our in our city. And this is such a, a, a crucial conversation at this moment 
But then you have this, and I mean, I saw the video that uh, CBS dropped, and I and I saw some alders claiming that you know they had to physically get in between Ramirez Rosa, which I didn't necessarily see on the video. And then I heard you know saying, if you don't work with me, I don't work with you. But then I also had to ask myself. I mean, is that is that how alders usually talk to each other? And Aaron, the question a lot of my friends have been asking is like, is this as big a deal as it seems to have been made all week? I think, well, just, you know, listening to Emma Mitz and her own words on Tuesday describe what happened to her, I think was really important because there were accusations that, you know, she was manhandled and she said it, it wasn't that. It was, I think she you know, said I was literally blocked from entering the room, entering council chambers. Um, And I think that's kind of what we saw on that video. And, you know, to the other point about, um, you know, Alderman Ramirez Rosa saying he would hold up zoning decisions, I think that's a great point that, like, perhaps this is how city government has worked before. If you don't do this for me, I'm not going to do this for you. But I think now kind of there was this opportunity to bring this to light and kind of say, this has happened before. It's happening now and it's making me uncomfortable and it's not right. No, and I'm glad you brought up what all the person Mitt said, right? Because her experience um, is at the heart of this matter. How did she feel during this process? And she said it was uncomfortable, that it was disappointing, that, you know, actions speak louder than words. And she also accepted Ramirez Rosa's apology, uh, hugged with him, you know, uh, like uh, Justin said, voted against the censure. Uh, and again, this this still resulted in Ramirez Rosa stepping down from his leadership positions. Justin, it feels like like that was was crucial for people who were maybe not allies with the mayor. Yeah, I, I mean, this really is you, you said it. it's political theater at its best. I, I, and I and I get it because, you know. Alderperson Ramirez Rosa ran eight years ago on the idea that the Chicago machine and Chicago style politics needs to go away. The progressive movement, the democratic socialists, we're a new day is in Chicago. We're not going to do this anymore. And then to, to be accused of things that are right out of Ed Burke's playbook, I mean, is is it's really just a moment in time. We kind of said that about the, you know, this is the era we're entering a new era. Just a couple blocks over, you have Alderman Ed Burke, who is on trial for corruption, essentially doing horse trading for things that he's not allowed to horse trade for. And and the concept here that that, that this dirty laundry is being uh, revealed behind the scenes and these older, older people are using that, you know, this is what what the older person said to me behind the scenes is brand new in Chicago. Could you imagine? Could you imagine if you were sitting Richard J. Daly and uh, and uh, Tom Keene and the floor leaders of the uh, could you imagine if an older person came out and said, uh, this is what Tom Keene said to me about my zoning <laughs> thing. I don't think that's right. I mean, that That's where we're at. Where it's, I mean, now we're in a state. Maybe it's a good thing for democracy that there is some 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 dirty laundry being aired. But this stuff used to be behind closed doors and it's not anymore. And the only issue I have, Jacoby, is. It feels like it's not about the bigger issue and the bigger, you know, the, the moment in Chicago. It seems more like older people having an opportunity to 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 establish a little bit more power, take down what would be a rival uh, ally of the mayor and and be able to win, win some spoils off of this uh, experience. So that to me is Chicago politics at its best. I found myself saying that exact point throughout the week, which was like, yes, 
I understand how Mitz felt and there should be some discipline, especially if you're telling people straight up, you don't work with me, I don't work with you, right? That that sounds like a little bit of that that not only threatening politically, but a little bit of potentially queer pro quo kind of uh kind of talk there. And so you do have to take uh, some blame there, Ramirez Rosa, because it, it was clear alders were wait some alders were waiting for a moment like this. Are you self-conscious about your smile? Do you only allow yourself a closed mouth grin? Well, with Aligner Experts, there's no reason for you to diminish your smile. As orthodontists, they have the privilege of witnessing the remarkable transformation of patient smiles, which often translates into a profound boost in their confidence. Yet, there always seems to be a deterrent. I ain't got the time, I don't have the funds. Luckily, Aligner Experts is redefining convenient and accessible clear aligner solutions. With customizable treatments, transparent pricing, and their cutting edge 3D scanners and dental monitoring technology, you can transform your smile through the convenience of your own schedule. Stop in at their West Loop or Lakeview Clinic today for your complimentary smile assessment. Aligner Experts, your destination for advanced clear aligner solutions. P.S. They got another clinic on the way, so stay tuned for their Old Town location. In all of that, Aaron, there was actual business to do, right? There, there is still trying to figure out how do we house asylum seekers. We, we still had to talk about um, getting a, a potential referendum in front of voters next year. What was city council able to accomplish? Um, so, yes, amid the chaos and kind of sandwiched, I guess, between, you know, this apology and the vote to not censure, um, the city council approved the Bring Chicago Home proposal, which essentially says, um, you know, voters in March, in the March primary, are going to be asked, should the city increase the uh, real estate transfer tax um, for the sale of properties over a million dollars? There's other components to the question, too, where it, uh, like, lowers that tax for uh, properties sold for under a million dollars. But the vast majority of, like, properties in Chicago, right? Yes, yes, a vast majority. I've heard like 90 something percent. And it also asks, should the city, you know, use this new revenue to help curb homelessness? And this is something that has been pushed for a long time. I think it's like almost exactly a year ago today, the Lightfoot administration blocked a hearing on this proposal from happening um, by making sure that quorum wasn't available. Um, (laughs) And so this has been something that uh, Mayor Brandon Johnson took up. He was actually the sponsor of this resolution. So, you know, now in in March, voters are going to have to answer this question on the ballot. Um, and you're going to see in the coming months um, leading up to that primary, a lot of um, campaigns, a lot of people spending a lot of money saying you should vote yes for this or you should vote no for this. And, you know, it's going to be graduated income tax all over again. Yeah. And and the question I have, Aaron, is, uh, you know, at the end of the day, 
does the city of Chicago and the players that are for the uh, for this tax and to bring home Chicago, do they have the, the cash that J.B. Pritzker had on the graduated tax income to put out commercials or that, you know, when because it's going to be commercial real estate developers and a lot of money being put in saying they want to tax you, vote no. They want to tax you, vote no. Pritzker had the money to go up against the Ken Griffins of the world during the income tax fight. Here, Bring Chicago Home is largely uh, advocacy driven through uh, community orgs, people fighting to to get a dedicated revenue source to to fund uh, 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 homelessness efforts in our city. That's a great question, Justin. Aaron, they got that cash? Uh, probably not. But I think that's why part of this question, I mean, Part of this that says it'll lower the transfer tax on properties less than a million dollars. I mean, that's that's virtually everyone, right? Everyone who doesn't own a downtown um, office building or an office building in general. So I think they're going to have to rely on not the money, but kind of get, getting that message out. And it is, I'm guessing it's, you know, a tough vote because like, how do you not, I mean, it. this is tied into homelessness. And we all know homelessness is a problem in Chicago. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know, just bless all of our mailboxes. Um, we're going to see a lot of um, flyers, I'm sure, leading up to then. City Council also made some moves on a couple other fronts this week. Yeah. So they approved um, a measure that basically says the city for $1 will buy um, this property near 115th and Halstead Streets. Um, in the 21st ward that is a vacant jewel grocery store. And uh, immediately the city is going to use it to um, house migrants. And um, the alderman in that ward, Ronnie Mosley, he said, you know, he was initially opposed to this, but he kind of worked with the administration over the past week to get um, some benefits for his community into this ordinance. And that's that the city, you know, one year from now will... Uh, no longer operate a migrant shelter there. They will donate the property to a development group who's going to develop uh, mixed the use. Park the Morgan Park Commons. Um, and it seems like, you know, aldermen were opposed to this when the local alderman was opposed to it. But since he um, is okay with it, um, you know, they kind of, most of them, uh, said, we're backing you, we're behind you. And a lot of Ronnie Mosley's pushback was, as we talked last week, was, hey, this Jules has been closing and undeveloped. The Walgreens across the street just announced their closing a couple of weeks ago. The Save-A-Lot down the street on 107th hasn't been improved. And from that pushback, it seems like the mayor and his um, administration offered up for the first time a timeline of what the potential uh, shelter at 115th, how long it may be in operation, which is at the end of a year. I mean, you know, people have pushed back and said, when you start these kind of uh, housing facilities, it's hard to put a timeline on this, especially when people are still incoming uh, from, from these, these Southern states. So again, in between the drama, some huge measures went past this week. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a win. This has been a... a, a you know, I, I know that the, the mayor was probably upset about the Bring Chicago Home stuff being overshadowed by Carlos Ramirez Rosa and the censure vote. But, but you know, that the purchase is, is also shows the, the mayor evolving in the way that, you know, instead of just, you know, plopping shelters all over in, in wards and, and, you know, everybody shared a load, essentially is working deals. 
and, mm-hmm. and saying, hey, listen, we're going to put this at 115th and Halstead. And, but the alderman's like, well, what do I get? You know, I want I want development out of this. And, and the and the mayor being able to give something to a ward to for to to be able to to have a, a temporary shelter. I think that that's that's how politics should work. And now people now the folks over in Brighton Park are going to be like, so what do we get? Right. That's and that, that might be the issue is I, I give a lot of I get a lot of political points to Alderman Mosley. In the way that 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 thought, the idea that I'm going to get something for my community, because as we've seen in other places, Brighton Park is a great example or or any of the neighborhoods. There hasn't been it besides a couple of of grandstanding uh, community meetings. It's coming to your ward. <laughs> you don't get anything out of it. So it was it was good to see that Alderman Mosley is like, I know this is coming regardless. So let's see what I can get out of it. Aaron, let's stay here for a little bit. We talked about the chaos in the business of this week, but let's look ahead a little bit next week. We're in budget season, and the city council is moving forward with a two-day plan uh, to try and get a final vote on this. Uh, what do CityCast listeners need to know? Frankly, there were, like, final committee votes on the budget this week, too, and that's something that we didn't even, I mean, I barely even got to <laughs> think about. <laughs> so, yeah, next week, I think it's on... Uh, Wednesday, the city council is likely to meet and take a final vote on this proposed $16.6 billion budget. This is the first, um, you know, Mayor Brandon Johnson's first um, budget that he's proposing. And um, I feel like usually the budget takes the center stage around this time of the year. Um, But because of everything we've already talked about, it hasn't. And I think it's also um, a pretty it might be a pretty easy budget to vote for because there's not a property tax increase in here. And there's not, you know, major, major cuts. There's a lot of things that sound kind of good, like expanding city-run mental health clinics. And this budget does set aside $150 million for migrant funding next year, which some aldermen, rightfully so, have said, we don't think that's enough. Um, We can't rely on... And it's not pressuring the feds as much as you think it is to give more money. And they haven't come through in the past. So what makes you think they're going to come through in 2024? But my thing is, like, we're still kind of learning different components, different changes that have been made to this budget. Like, on Tuesday, I think we learned that the mayor is setting up a subcommittee on reparations, which... There used to be that subcommittee under Lightfoot. It didn't meet barely ever, um, I was told, because the administration kept it from meeting. Um, but this time around, this has the subcommittee has funding, and it kind of has more parameters around how long it will be um, in place and how it's expected to do its work. And that's, you know, reporting from WTTW. So we're finding that. We're finding that the mayor is setting up a department of reentry, um, with $5 million, and that is probably an answer to a request from uh, Alderman uh, Walter Burnett, who is the uh, vice mayor. He he was kind of saying like, okay, we're setting aside all this money for all these groups of people, but what about people who are, you know, returning home from being incarcerated? We need to help them too. So I don't know. I sure hope like nothing huge happens at the beginning of next week so we can all kind of like... Focus on this budget and like really think about it <laughs> because like it's the it's the city's spending plan. This is how the city brings in money and spends its money. Um, and it's kind of taken backseat this week. <laughs> 
from the huge news in city council to the huge news over at the Chicago Cubs, I mean, I, I thought David Ross was safe. You know, I know after petering out and not making the playoffs, his job wasn't completely secure. But big news happened uh, when the Cubs decided to go with a new manager. Justin, who did they hire? So, so David Ross is a World Series hero brought in to kind of be that connection to the fans at Wrigley Field. I mean, he even though he's not from here and he's had as much success in other parts of the country and Boston and other places, he really is Wrigley Field. <laughs> you know, like it's the kind of guy that like you can bring your kids down and be like, that's the guy. That's the guy who hit the home run in game seven of the World Series. I mean, the fact that some of the, the key players, the GM, so many people were gone. gone. He felt like one of those last uh, connecting tissues. And. And frankly, he's been in charge of a rebuild in Chicago. And and this year, they they surprised people in the way that they were already there for the, the wild card. And then in September, had a miserable, really bad September, and they missed the playoffs. Well, he was held accountable. Uh, Jed Hoyer, the general manager who was there in 2016, uh, pulled a uh, Rick Renteria, Joe Madden move and, and said – out is uh, is David Ross, and in is Craig Council. Craig Council is the uh, successful manager for the Milwaukee Brewers. He comes down to Wrigley Field, just down uh, 94, and, and gets paid the most in Major League Baseball to take over the Chicago Cubs. Nearly double the 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 next highest paid manager. Eight million dollars for a manager with no rings as a as a manager is. Yeah. And, you know, it's, and, and the reason I says a White Sox fan, I'm like, well, if you were going to go get I don't know if you're thinking about like the, the Guardians or the Twins or if you were going to go get someone from your rival to come coach a team, there would be some fan. You know, there's a little bit of fan uh, hesitation to be like, wait, I thought we didn't like the Brewers, uh, you know, and here he is now coming. Up. It, it, it's in sports. That stuff is so dumb. We all know mm-hmm. that's dumb, but that is part of the drama of it. The idea of who's, you know, Packers, Bears. We don't want any Packers on the Bears. We, you know, I saw a Brewers fan call it the biggest betrayal in Wisconsin sports. <laughs> and I was like, far. <laughs> Favre wouldn't play for the Vikings. <laughs> right, Favre to the Vikings. And, you know, it was funny to see the response from Milwaukee fans that they defaced his uh, – Craig Council has a, a name on a park in, in Milwaukee. They defaced the – they put graffiti all over it. The, the the I think it was the owner of the Brewers or maybe the general manager said the best line ever said, we don't lose Craig Council. Craig Council loses us. He no longer gets our community. He no longer gets our Wisconsin. So, I mean, regardless, that's all all of that aside, is is he the piece? Some people say the Cubs are ahead of schedule, right? I thought last year they was on the rebuild and they was pushing for playoffs. Is is he the the piece that, that, that gets them over? I don't know. I mean, he's really good at, at you know, really get into the, the weeds. I mean, he's a really good bullpen uh, guy. He, he knows how to manage the bullpen. But, you know, when you're talking about management, I, there's been study after study after study about this. I mean, you're really talking about five games either way. Now, that might have been enough to get them into the playoffs last year, uh, you know, where David Ross was losing the five, he was winning the five. Uh, but I think this is probably more of a play to say, you know what, free agents, you know, big names, we're serious about winning. Look, we have and we spin he's very well regarded as a manager. He's one of the best. He's now paid the best. So you should come play in Chicago, Juan Soto. Mm-hmm. You should come play in Chicago, Shohei Otani. You should come play in Chicago, the next big phenom in Japan. Uh, this is not a secondary market. This, and I love it as a Chicago. I'm not a fan of the Cubs, but I love the concept. It's the only sports team that's doing it in Chicago where you're like, yeah, spend the money, Rick. It's, you have the money. Spend it. 
uh, after talking about some of uh, you know the the chaos in city council, what's going on with our with our baseball teams. Uh, it's always important to leave our city cast Chicago folks with some good news, something positive that's going on. Aaron, I want to start with you. What is something you are looking forward to or excited about right now? Okay, so this is going to sound weird, but it's you know we know it's getting darker much earlier now. Um, which when you spend Ridiculous. all yes, when you spend all your days in City Hall, you don't really notice. But um, I am looking forward to kind of like using this time because I am such a person who like enjoys being outside, enjoys maximizing my summer, riding my bike, jumping in the lake, mm-hmm. going to public pools. Like using this time to slow down a bit and enjoy like the indoor things that Chicago has to offer, like. Museum of Contemporary Art. I'm a member. I've been there once this year. Um, the Museum of Mexican Art. Beautiful spot. Great art. Awesome gift shop. Um, using the Pedway during my lunch break to walk to the Cultural uh-huh. Center, um, which is like, you can spend like 10 minutes in there and not even go into an exhibit or like just walk around. There's like a specific visit to the Garfield Park Conservatory where you go in there in like January or February and you're like, I'm so cold, the air is so dry, you walk into the conservatory and it's just like, this is why this is here. Like, this mm-hmm. is our, <laughs> like, oasis from the Chicago winter. So... It's perfect time to uh, stand next to the cactus. Yes, That room yes, is so perfect. It is. So, like, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, like, slowing down a little bit and, um, you know, being an indoor cat for a, a little while. <laughs> I was I randomly got off the pedway, was going through there and just some some artists were in the basement, like just making music together. Just like one person was uh, on a like on a beat kit. Uh, some uh, Sam was in there playing the, the saxophone. Someone was like improv singing along. Uh, so you, you'll never uh, you never know what you can get going inside of the cultural center. So uh, enjoying indoor Chicago as everyone's complaining about outdoor Chicago, I think is a great mindset. Yeah. Yeah, I am. I am looking forward to the temperatures dropping just, just a just little, little bit more. more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, what about you? Uh, what's your some good news uh, for the folks today? Yeah, well, the SAG after strike is over, which is great. Come on, uh, that is huge for Chicago uh, and also Chicago, you know, viewers. <laughs> but but think about all the shows that were were being produced here that were on hiatus uh, from your. Dick Wolf shows that you know are, are like a dime a dozen at this point. Chicago podcast is coming up this fall. It's a new show. <laughs> okay. uh, but the I I also think that it just gives. I mean, think about all the actors and and the crews and all the people. This I mean, you have to put into perspective that during COVID, when they locked everything down, they said the only industries that are are, are emergency services, construction, and film. <laughs> Yeah. So for me, the good news is that the fact that not only uh, for Chicago crews and for all the people that that was a huge amount of the economy of Chicago is is film and TV work. So great to have that back. Uh, But selfishly, you know, I no longer have to finish a show like I just finished our flag means death on HBO. And I'm like, well, this I don't think this is coming back. (laughs) The writer's strike and the actor's strike. This is going to take two years to get production back up on this show. But all right. Like I get the pirate costumes out. Uh, but yeah, that that is my good news. The second good news is, Jacoby, I found a Christmas tree. I know this is weird, but... No, what does that process look like? Did you have a competition? Were you like the city of Chicago uh, looking for the Dela Cruz family out in Darren? I 
I early on in my uh, tree getting career, I determined that the value of getting a Christmas tree, a real one, was not a great value. Uh, that takes forever, and I'm not a big fan of chopping them down and put, you know, the, the, just the idea all together and like this number. So I got a fake tree, but I got a white one like Mad Men, and that tree, that Target tree I bought in 2014, uh, like a real tree, starts to lose its brand, like its needles. Mm-hmm. And it's so gross everywhere. It's just these plastic needles. So I was in the market for a new white tree and they are difficult to come by. I read articles that were like, yo, there is a shortage on those kind of trees. It's like the, or the trends are going back to the green tree. So I went out to Barrington okay. because I found one on a, on a, I drove out to Barrington to right on the right American sales, like right on, right at the Lake Zurich border there. And I found a white tree uh, and I bought it. It was a little more expensive than I wanted to, but I'm excited. I'm going to pick it up this weekend. And uh, a new era is sprung in the Hoffman <laughs> household with a brand new tree. Uh, it needs to let la- for my fa- finances. It needs to last at least a decade. My mom is still putting up my late grandmother's silver 45 year old tree every oh, single see. year. Sometimes it's hung, somehow it's hung around, um, but we still put it up after Thanksgiving, and it's all it's been the the most consistent fake tree in my life. Uh, but I mean, it's not just your Christmas tree. Christmas trees are popping up all over the city. I talked about the Dela Cruz family a little bit ago. That was the family whose 45 foot Colorado blue spruce was picked by the city of Chicago to believe to be the millennium park tree, which is going to yeah. be lit next week. You got the walnut room tree coming back, the museum of science and industry Christmas around the world uh, with the dozens of trees that they have is coming back next week. Indoor Chicago museums, exhibits, uh, Christmas trees are coming up over the next week and a half. So if you haven't got your own, you still got some time, but you can go admire uh, the pretty trees around Chicago. Please check our show notes for that. A link to all of the stories, but also a link to the work uh, being produced by these two amazing journalists, uh, Aaron Hegarty from The Daily Line and from Axio Chicago, Justin Kaufman. We appreciate y'all making time for CityCast Chicago. It's been a fun time. Love you. Thanks, buddy. Before I let you go, I got to give a huge thank you to the people who make City Cash Chicago possible. That's executive producer Simone Alisea, our newsletter editor is Sydney Madden, our producer is Michelle Navarro. The music we all love to listen to is from the homie Sam Thousand, all the kimonos, and Mark Greenberg from the Mayfair Workshop. Of course, my last thank you is for you. I appreciate you reading Hey Chicago, listening to City Cash Chicago, and make sure you bookmark our website, chicago.citycast.fm, to keep up with the latest in news and events. We're going to be back here bright and early on Monday. Hopefully you'll join us. Peace.